You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey, guys, welcome back to another awesome edition of the Best Practices Show podcast. You ever thought to yourself, how do we increase productivity around here without working any harder as a dental team? Well, today we answer that question and we give you five awesome tips for increasing your productivity as a dental team. I brought in Robin Tyson. She's one of our amazing coaches here and she knows exactly how to do that with great dental practices. So listen up. I know you guys will enjoy it. And we'll see you soon. Hey guys, welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast. You know the jam here. Our job is to bring you great coaches, great thinkers, great advice so you can have a better practice and a better life. And I have one of our amazing coaches on today, Robin Tyson to help you with tips to increase productivity. Robin, thanks for being on. I appreciate you. Oh, thanks for having me back. It's always yeah. fun. It is always fun. And I don't know if you guys are watching the video version, you're going to see, like I got all the, so Robin and I do a little pre-show uh, notes thing. And I'm like, this is fantastic. She knows what she's talking about. And this could be a very, very long podcast or we may just do separate podcasts based on some of these things. But uh, our whole goal here, again, we're a practice coaching company. Our job is, I want you guys to keep showing up to the podcast. And as you're listening, as you're driving, you know, cutting the grass, you know, cleaning the garage, doesn't matter, whatever you're doing, I want you to think better about your practice. And one of the things that we're going to talk about, Robin, I want you to describe this. This is a huge one we talk about. Yes, productivity. But there's a difference between, you know, productivity and being busy and all of that kind of stuff. Everybody has this different phrase for how they think we could do better. But explain productivity versus busy. What's the why? Because, you know, being right, being a steady cadence of work all day long. So you're not, you know, I think about a dentist who does uh, composites all day long. They're going to be busy and but and may not be as productive as they could be, as if they thought through how, what does productivity mean to them? What is the goal with that? And what does it mean to be productive to them? Is it the easiest way to measure it is by dollars. Right. And there are other ways to know if you're being productive by patient flow and the different, you know, all different kinds of things that you could look at for being, getting patients into your practice. 
Yeah, I totally agree. And I think one of the worst things we could say is busy. I, I ask dentists all the time, we're busy, we're busy, yeah. we're busy. That doesn't tell me anything. It, um, it just doesn't. And the other thing to remember, productivity versus busyness, you only have so many hours in a day. The mark of a true, really sharp professional and a great thinking business is how do we best use these hours? Because you're seeing more and more patients you're not necessarily, you know, on the right track there. And with PPOs, that's a whole separate podcast, people can be working harder than ever. And Thanks. now write-offs are climbing as high as 45%, which means you're just working harder and harder for less and less and less. And our job is we want you to enjoy the sum total of your days because you only have so many of them. And then that is it. So, Robin, take us through this. You do this every day with great yeah. practices and you, one of your jobs. Now, again, I, I want to say this about productivity. It isn't all about money. It's about mm -hmm. utilizing the week the best way we can. Am I thinking correctly about this? Absolutely. I mean, working smarter, not harder is cliche. And it is it fits here with the way you leave at the end of the day. How do you feel about your day if you're exhausted? is different that, you know, that's a different type of productivity than leaving at the end of the day. Like I, that was a great day. It felt good. We saw patients. We were able to spend time with all of our patients. They left with great service. That makes for a more productive day, I believe. And 100%. so there's ways to do that to make sure that you can accomplish that. Yeah. And once you figure out this productivity thing, you could think, wow, I can do this in one less hour a day. I could probably leave at four today. I could probably consistently leave at three. Well, once right. Yes. Until until we get there, let's 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 get a regular day, right? So, Robin, where do I start? What's the easiest way to increase productivity? So, I my where I would start is setting goals and then creating a block schedule or scheduling to goal, however you want to, you know, different ways to refer to it and different ways to set it up. But knowing what is your goal at the end of each day, what is it, and. The easiest way to do that is by a number, right? So you're, you have a production goal. So setting up your goals that way and then analyzing your schedule. When do I want to do the most productive procedures? When do I want to put those into, into my day? You know, do I want to have that all done by noon and, the, and after lunch? Or if you're working straight through that afternoon part is set up where you're doing different types of procedures that don't require as much for you. Um, I also think that setting up your hygiene, you know, blocking your hygiene schedule and setting that up with it is another way to not feel crazy during a day. When, how many exams do I want to do in an hour? How do I incorporate scaling root planning blocks into that? How do I incorporate the new patient blocks so that you have the time to be in all of those different places and give your patients the best that you have to offer and take care of yourself in the process? Yeah, absolutely. You you just hit a hit a big one there. And if you're listening in the podcast, I want you to understand a couple of things. The setting goals, just creating a regular thought process. And sometimes people don't think very well about it. They just set a production goal for the month. That's one piece of it. But production per day really tells us a lot. Because think about this. You can work a lot of days to keep driving that number up. But a really sharp dentist says, let me just use a number like 100,000. I want to do 100,000 this month and I've got a small team and I want to do that in, I currently do that in 17 days. Well, as I get better, I wanted to get that done in 16 days. Then I want to get to 14 days and we have a lot of practices that can do that in 13 days. And so what they do is they start to think better about their days and you can start to enjoy your life. 
and you can put in all those other factors. Barrett Straub, who is our CEO here, he does an incredible job of organizing and structuring the goal setting process with the gaps. And one of his favorite metrics is production per day, which is absolutely true. And you know this, Robin, you can look at a production per day and you can see how effective a dentist is. And Frank Spear used to say that all the time, you know. It isn't so much overall production. It's production per hour, production per patient, production per day. Those kind of tell me how effective a dentist is in that respect. So uh, any thoughts you would add about that? Because I want to say something also about the hygiene thing, which is really important. You know, I in, um, in dentistry, we often hear, you know, September is always a slow month or, you know, different. Can we have different slow months that we that we've talked ourselves into throughout the year? And if we are dedicated to a system and then, you know, to the production and scheduling to production, the ebbs and flows don't have to be as high and low. You're, you have a system around how you schedule to goal, the, the ways in which you direct patients to those holes, and the whole team is working on scheduling to that goal. So you, it's, there's more consistency in your days and your months and in your years. Absolutely. And so how you control your time is how you control your life too. Mm -hmm. You brought up a great thing, coordinate the hygiene schedule. Once you know who you are as a dentist, Monday might be one of those days you're just kind of like moving a lot, doing a lot of different things. But then by Tuesday, you're getting into the things that you really enjoy. It's a little bit quieter and you got a big restorative block on Tuesday morning. Well, opposite that, you can have, you know, your SRPs or your perio. Now think about that. It's extra quiet. When you're in Europe doing your thing, no one's tapping you on the shoulder going, doc, 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 we need you over here. And so it's wildly productive on that side. So it's important to coordinate as best you can those two things. And then, you know, you talked about the mix of services. Can you just expand on that? That's really, really important. That's a great point you have. Right. So mixing up, you know, there are historically, you can look back at your production and know I did this many crowns. I did this many fillings, I I have to seat this many crowns. So if you can look at what those different services are and how many you need, you can start to put together a, a schedule that allows you to get your composites done. And it doesn't have to be a whole day of composites. Right. You know, you have, you have your crown blocks, you have your high production blocks. So there's a way to look at what you have historically done, be able to create a schedule around that. And hopefully as you become more productive, that changes a little bit too. So you may have to tweak your, your blocks as you go along, but it's about looking at what you've historically done and what your goals are and how do we mix, how do we fit those services together to, to get to that goal each day? Yeah. And again, here's a whole nother podcast is pulling your procedure codes. A lot of people think they're cosmetic dentists. And then I'll say, well, how many veneers did you do? Well, let's take a look. One, you did one all year long. Okay. So, you know, and same thing with perio codes, a good place mm -hmm. to start is the data. Just pull the data. How many of these actual procedures that I love doing that I was called to do, did I actually do? And it's not that difficult. Every business is the same. It's a, it's a number of procedures or services that are provided times a fee. And remember, you only have so much time. So figuring all of this out, we often make it way too complicated, but that's what we do with dentists and just make sure that you just enjoy your days a little bit more. And it ultimately you avoid the ebbs and flows because it's going to happen. You're in Minnesota. I'm in Wisconsin. I'd love to tell you it's 75 and sunny here all the time, but it's not. Right. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's like if you've ever been done, you know, dollar cost averaging in the stock market, it's the same thing. We're just building annuities that mature and, you know, we're not going with the ups and downs. We just got enough 
we've got enough emotional deposits made that it, it works out over time. So uh, it's good stuff. Now, you also have a second big tip for productivity. What is it? So the last podcast I did with you was all about the morning meeting. And so that is, I'm going to take, bring us back to there with my second tip. And it is, of course, to have one. And when we talked last time, we were referencing that offices that have morning meetings are 17% more productive than offices that do not. And I, this is a great, this is a great piece of the block scheduling system or scheduling to goal is the morning meeting. I think it's a crucial part of it because it's the opportunity that we have to look at today to say, are we scheduled to goal? If we're not, what are the opportunities? What are the same day treatment opportunities that we have that are coming in today that we could schedule? Where do they fit in the schedule so that we can get ourselves to the goal? And what are the next openings that we have within our doctor schedule, hygiene schedule, whatever that is? And again, who's coming in today that potentially fits that? And right. so we can direct those patients to fill those holes. So there are the gaps in, the, in our block scheduling. And so then it becomes a team sport to do this not an individual business team is stressed with having the you know getting the schedule full and having it be full it's a whole team we're all looking at we know what the opportunities are how do we all work together to get that, those patients to the correct place in in the schedule that they are going to have the best of the doctor and get the best experience from all of us yeah i totally am picking up what you're putting down uh, last friday we had the to the top study club we had dentists in from all over the country some amazing amazing restorative dentist. One of them said this, and you know who you are if you said this, <laughs> I hate my morning meetings. I'm going to recommit to enjoying them. A lot of times they don't happen because the dentist has told themselves, I don't even enjoy these, in which that ultimately undervalues. Now think about the missed opportunity of that. Number one. Number two, Robin, I'm going to put a challenge out there, but we like, think about it. Like, this is my fake challenge. I'm not really going to make this happen, but if Robin and I came to your morning huddle, I guarantee you that 17%, you and I could blow it out of the water. We could take a dental office that hasn't had a morning huddle. You and I go, okay, forget that. We're not doing that this morning. In about three days, we could grow production 50%. Probably. A couple things we're going to do is get people paying. Number two, I don't know what's in the schedule today, but we're not doing this tomorrow. And why is this, why are we doing a crown or two of them in the afternoon? Like, okay, forget it. What you do is you embrace real-time learning. Now, I'm being a little facetious with you, but the point is this, is that if you've got some people engaged in the morning huddle, you're constantly learning. You're building AI into your huddle. You know, you're learning constantly and I love it. Some of my best hygienists have said, hey, listen, doc, I know you got an opening, but I got Sally coming in at 10. Her husband needs a couple crowns done. I'm going to tell him, I'm going to tell her to put him in the car. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's brilliant. Mm -hmm. There's so much good possibility on the table that's right there in front of you. And we often undervalue it. So yeah. lean into it. A great yeah. practice has a great yeah. huddle. True. I mean, I have been to a number of morning meetings that it's like they just read what's on the schedule. They read whatever the same things that we can all read. It's more about looking at the opportunities. I can read what's happening today. I want to know what I what I can't read on the schedule and what what opportunities we have to fill those going forward. Yeah, we joke here. So please be in on the joke with us. But as coaches, we joke that we could go to any office and just watch the morning huddle. And I could tell you exactly what's going on in the practice. Mm -hmm. The huddle tells me everything, the engagement, what they're mm -hmm. thinking. It's more about the thinking and the leadership and the engagement. It's not so much what's said, 
But you can take a look around and you go, wow, these people are all in and they are locked in on taking really good care and they know what they're doing. And the doctor's got their back. Others are disengaged. It's not. So here's your opportunity. It's a short appointment with your team before Mm -hmm. you go to work on patients. You know, we tell our practices that we coach that the weekly meeting is for practice care and the morning huddle is for patient care. So get good at that. Yeah, I love it. It's a great opportunity. It's an awesome opportunity. So Robin, number three, what's our third tip for increasing productivity? is around mix of patients. And so um, I know that there are many, many, many practices out there that are just absolutely crammed full in hygiene. They've, they've hit capacity. And what I'm also seeing at the same time, for those of you that have dental intels, I'm seeing a correlation in the diagnostic percentage of the doctor. So I see that the diagnostic percentage is lower than what um, what we would like to see or what the national average is. And diagnostic percentage is looking at how many patients came into your practice today and that you diagnose something new on. So it's looking at the number of exams that you've done and where you diagnose. And what I'm seeing is that over, we're, ha- we're having the same patients come in over and over again because we're at capacity. So we're rescheduling those same people. And the minute that somebody falls off a list or, or falls off their appointment, they call it, they cancel the appointment, they are they don't show up for it. Um, we are using our ASAP list to fill back into those schedules. So re- we're recycling the same people over and over again. And instead of looking at the opportunity in their unscheduled patients, how many how many patients have not been in in six to nine months or six to 12 months, even the 18 to 36 during the COVID period, if we invited those patients back in and continue to mix up treatment opportunities, we're going to have a different mix for the doctors as well. Yeah, love it. I'm going to go off on the unscheduled patients. You know I am because it's one of my favorite yeah, I metrics. <laughs> I do love this one. So, Doc, if you're listening, one of the things I'm going to ask you to do or team members is pull a list of unscheduled active patients. It's going to give you chest pain. It's going to hurt. And some great practices that we have will pull this number and they'll go, there's 732 unscheduled active patients. Mm -hmm. Now, the first thought is those are patients that have already been coming to you that are not tethered to the practice with an appointment. Another thing that was changed or has been changed is that the old way of looking at you know, active patients was 18 months. And we've had several experts, including Kathy Brodel, come in and say, you might want to rethink that only because of COVID, because mm-hmm. COVID was a major disruption. So we've always thought 18 months, but really what it did was it prolonged that period. And some people just haven't been back to a dental office since then. So I do like that. Would you agree? 24 months versus 18 for now? Yeah, and a lot of them are, they still consider you to be their dentist. They, right. it's, they haven't, they don't realize how much time's gone by. Right, right. And so it's not, they're not, they don't consider you to be their dental home. They are, they are unaware of the time that has passed. And many times we haven't done, we haven't called them or we haven't reached out to invite them back. Right. And so Robin is just brilliant and she helps so many of our offices. I want to go back to the diagnosis, diagnostic percentage. This is a great one. Because mm-hmm. we talk about accountability all the time, but you know who likes to be least accountable in any dental practice? It's the dentists. They like to hold everybody else accountable, but they don't want to be accountable to anything. So, chairside assistant, this is a great one for you. You know, hold your yeah. dentist accountable to a mm-hmm. regular, healthy 
diagnostic percentage, which again is what Robin talked about. Now, if you listen to a previous podcast, you're going to hear Deborah Engelhart Nash say this. This is a great quote. She said, familiarity breeds apathy. Because yeah. you've seen these patients, I, you know, mm-hmm. I saw Robin, I've been seeing her for 17 years. I've been talking to her. I told her about these crowns nine years ago. She hasn't done them. So I'm just going to ask her about her daughters today. And so <laughs> we're just, you know, I don't want any conflict. I think the thing that you can do is rest your hat on, I'm going to tell people the truth every time right. they come in because I mm-hmm. care about them. And my chair mm-hmm. assistant's going to hold me accountable to talking about something. And just by doing that alone, you're going to see things change. Would you agree with that? A hundred percent. I, you know, the diagnostic percent can be, it's impacted by many different things. One of them being the mix of patients. Another thing that I see goes back to the block scheduling is that when doctors have no, there's no schedule to their day or cadence to their day, they're rushing in and out of exams. And the diagnostic percentage can also be impacted by that when you don't have the time to spend with your patients. So going back to the block scheduling, if your schedule is more predictable, and you have then the time to be able to spend with your patients, that's also impacted. That also impacts that number. Right, 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 right. And there's this can, a full circle. <laughs> absolutely. And, and so let me just uh, piggyback on so many things you just said there, Robin, too. And we talk about the ASAP list or filling cancellations. Now, think about this. I come to work in your office at the mm-hmm. front desk. You'd probably fire me after a day anyway. So I have two options. I have this ASAP list of all these people that have canceled that owe us all the money. And mm-hmm. I try, I work that schedule all the time. Or I could print the list of unscheduled active patients that are really good people yes. that haven't canceled. And I start doing patient selection. Mrs. Finelli, what a great patient. Why does she not have an appointment? Now I'm putting like green bricks into the schedule instead of chasing red ones. And so it's just about thinking better. So if you have 732 unscheduled active patients, could you imagine in one month we went to 632 and then in two months we went to 532, then to 432. I guarantee you with good thinking and good systems, your hygienist will come to you and go, we don't have any place to put these people. Right. You know? Yeah. And, you know, back the ASAP list, another with, I tell my teams too, is are you looking at ABC patients in your, in your ASAP list? Are you looking right. at those in your unscheduled patients? Those people, you know, there are ways to not be calling the same C patients over and over again that have canceled or owe you money or any of those things to keep inviting them back into your, and your, into your practice. Let's instead look at the unscheduled patients that are our A patients and let's bring them, them back in. Yeah. And every business does that. Every business mm-hmm. knows who their good patients are because they show up and they pay and right. they know which ones are the bad patients. And it's not about anything other than who do we want to see in our schedule? If you're a right. young dentist, listen to this, and you figure out who the right people are for your practice and you chase only those people, you're going to be in good shape. If you chase everyone, you're not going to be in great shape. So um, all of these. And and Robin, the other thing too, you can speak to this because we have practices that are very large producers, some people getting started. You make these little tweaks every yeah. week. They compound into incredible outputs, right? Right. And you know that we, then you get patients back that you, that you enjoy seeing, you know, you're not fighting with people to find value in the, in, in coming to their appointment. You have these people that are like-minded and it makes it more, it's, it's just more gratifying to work with those kinds of people in your practice. You know, and we talk about patients that show up and pay their bill. 
you know, many of my practices too, their A patients are also people that ex- trust them and accept treatment. Right. So it's not, you know, it's, it's, they trust what you're telling them and they're going to accept and move forward with the treatment. So it just is an all around more enjoyable experience and you have healthier patients that you're serving because of it. Right. Now, Act Dental has been around for 26 years. We're coaches. Our job mm-hmm. is to challenge the heck out of you. Here's a second challenge. The second challenge is to grow your practice year over year without making it feel like it's that much harder. So growing from 15% a year, year over year, or even 20% year over year, but saying to yourself, wow, this isn't that much harder work than last year or the year before. That's again, the mark of a really good thinking professional. And so all of these tips, when you do this, you do the math, you take a look at all these things, you can easily figure it out especially with the help of a coach or your team members, they'll go, why would we do that? Wow, that might add a little bit more productivity to uh, our week. So our goal, and, and, and you might at the end of the month say, I can take another day off and still pay your team. So there's so much possibility by thinking better. So what's bucket number four? So bucket number four is hygiene production. And I don't, when I think of hygiene production in a block schedule, I don't just think of perio. I think of hygiene overall and our standard of care. And are we aligned and are we, do we, the beliefs that we have about hygiene and when patients should have fluoride, when they should have x-rays, when they should be considered for perio, you know, some type of gum therapy treatment. Are we following those? Do our metrics say that that's what we're doing? And what, to make the hygiene schedule productive, that you know is a is a big part of the practice. And similarly to having a a dentist do composites all day, if we have hygienists that are doing profi 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 all day long, they're not going to be nearly as productive. Or I would think have as much fun and enjoy the profession as much if there was a mix of things in there. When are we taking the X-rays? Mixing in some perio treatment, mixing in a new patient, mix, having that mix every day that isn't so repetitive and can be far more productive for the office and and result in healthier patients. Yeah, absolutely. And so I don't want you to hear this wrong because what Robin said is brilliant, but it's not your natural inclination is going to be to push on productivity alone. It starts right. with education and calibration mm-hmm. and really having a sound philosophy for what happens in a hygiene chair. You know, if you have one hygienist, it's usually easier to do than with two or three. But when you have five hygienists, that's when it's game on. We got to get everyone aligned on our standard of care, what we believe about perio, how we talk about perio. And if you struggle with something like that, we just had Katrina Sanders here and she's brilliant with the verbal skills. There's very few people that can teach that in the world. What a great opportunity to bring three to four hygienists and say, how do we better communicate what happens in this chair? And so the relief for you as a dentist is like, it's not about money. It's like, let's take our education and our care to another level. And then you'll look at the byproduct and go, that's insane what happened later. Right? Right. Yeah. Because if you look at your standard of care and then you look at the metrics, do the metrics support what your beliefs are? Right. And it's as simple as looking at that. And, and you know, it, we, it is easy to overlook a couple of full mouth x-rays. It's easy to overlook doing a couple of, of bite wings. And after time, that compounds. And that what what's the result of that? Yes, it impacts our numbers, but it's also, you know, is that the best is that the best way to take care of our patients? Is that what we promised them to us, that standard of care piece? Yeah. And just so one. Not, yeah. Funny. Absolutely. One other, one other natural challenge, work challenge for hygienists is this, is that 
a lot of great hygienists out there don't want to work four days a week. They're working three days a week or whatever. And that's just true. And so mm -hmm. most dentists will agree with this, like getting my hygienist to even sit down and talk for an hour about anything is nearly impossible. So we talked about the education piece overall, but also what you miss out is the calibration piece because you might have one hygienist that works in your office three days a week and she's amazing. She's like all in on Perio. She's like really good at supporting the process. And it's a missed opportunity not to have her share her best practices or his best practices with the other hygienist. And for you to be in the middle of that conversation, go, that's brilliant. Is that what you say? Yeah. Yeah. So um, there's so much, and, and, and again, we don't have time for this one, but as 4,000 codes climb in your practice mm -hmm. from natural education and natural calibration, you know what happens restoratively, your schedule goes through the roof because people want more of what you have to offer and they also understand more of the value you can provide. So I find too, with a lot of my doctors, they, when we start talking about standard of care, they, you know, they can tell me what their standard of care is and they assume that it's happening. And so without that calibration piece or numbers to really track that information, you don't actually know what's going on in your practice Yeah, and, and that your standard of care is being followed. So it's, you know, just, it's a, there's an opportunity to be more productive and an opportunity to make sure that you are following through on the health piece of that, what you promised your patients and what's important to you as a team. Yeah, Robin, I love what you're saying. So if you're a dentist, listen, here, I'm going to give an easy one. There's a many standards of care. Here's an easy one. How regularly do you think a patient of record should be seen for a comprehensive exam? No, 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 don't, don't answer the question. Just throw it into a study club. Yeah. You'll get 12 different answers. Three, right. five years, I don't know. Here's the point. I believe that somebody has to have a, if you're a patient record in your practice, they have to have a regular sit down on a regular basis in order for us to maintain health. You think about right. mammograms, you think about colonoscopies. You, if certain protocols have to be followed or people die. And so we're, you know, we're the care, the steward of their entire, you know, right. uh, yeah. you know oral or health the, system. The do you have to get the standard of care where it's like, well, whatever insurance says they can do. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> it's terrible. Right. That's funny. So though. setting a standard of care that you all believe and you can and your philosophy lines up with. It's right. important. That's so and true. It leads to more product it leads to a more productive hygiene schedule. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you actually have bucket number five, which is a great one. What do you teach bucket number five? So bucket number five is um, a dental health history. So in most practices that I'm in, we have the health history form. And then there's typically another form that patients are filling out that has something to do with are you happy with your smile? Have you Are you interested in whitening? Any of those things. And what I see often is that they get overlooked the first time when it's a new patient. And then they really get overlooked again because it just gets tucked in the computer. There, you know, nobody really goes back to it. And those are great opportunities. You know, COVID really changed a lot with our practices with where, what services you provide are out for patient, for people to see. So oftentimes patients have no idea what possibilities are. And unless we go back to asking those kinds of questions and understanding what they really want for themselves, I think we miss a whole opportunity to talk about different services. What kind of cosmetic opportunities are there? What can we do to improve somebody's smile? All of those, it's a missed opportunity to not use that form on a regular basis. 
Absolutely. I love that one. What, there's so many variations to this question, but a great mm -hmm. question to ask patients is, would it be okay for me? Or would you mind if I shared with you the possibilities right. that exist here mm -hmm. in our practice to better your oral health? Right. Patients aren't going to say no. They'll say yes. And you can see where we might, you know, come together or agree on this. And then also too, you're exactly right, Ram. I might come to your office today. But I'm in a different situation than I am three years from now or four okay. years from now. You yeah. can't assume that people's lives are just static. They don't change. They're very dynamic, right? Oh, yes. I am getting closer to 50. And as I get closer to 50, my healthcare needs change or what I want for myself changes to preserve, you know, it's different than when I was 40. I'm looking now at like how I preserve this. So over time, if nobody ever talks to me about that again, I'm, I've changed over the last decade. I want to know what what options there are out there. I want to yeah. know what I need to do to maintain what I have and to keep my teeth. Yeah, absolutely. And also, too, if you can see really clearly, what you're doing is you're making yourself very different from every mm -hmm. other dental care provider. So as the world changes, right. it gets to, you know, there's going to be more choices. People mm -hmm. want to choose a healthcare provider that's all in on helping them. And so this is your opportunity in a world where... There's just a lot of information out there. We're in a world where we're starving for significant relationships and your office can create that. Now, um, so yeah. we presented five solutions or five mm -hmm. tips and Robin, you actually introduced a six bucket, but we're going to have to do that at a separate podcast because I love that one. And that's, that's a whole nother conversation. What's bucket number six? So um, phone conversion and tracking your new patient calls. And there we are we answering the calls in a way that we're inviting people in and getting a successful um, excess, a successful conversion rate, if you will, of new patients that are calling and who's coming into our practice for that first appointment? Yeah. Well, that, that we could spend a whole podcast on that. We are going to do that. We're going to do a whole podcast on that one. And again, okay. like the huddle 17%, I could tell you, I could put Robin at the front desk in your office and she would kill it for you. And people come in the office. Th those things cannot be overlooked when you're training your team members. A lot of admin team members get thrown into the mix and they don't get any training. And a doctor just says, go. Can you imagine if you actually invested and trained a team member how to answer the phone, do it extremely well, they could kill it for you. So we'll, we'll circle back on that one. I don't know exactly when we're going to do that because we got a lot lined up here, but that's an important one. So Robin, this is awesome. Any last thoughts you have on increasing productivity for a dental office? You know, I, I just am, I am all about being um, efficient and effective and working smarter, not harder. So spending the time to plan your days and be intentional about them makes it for a more productive day for your entire team, a more gratifying day and leads to better health for all of your patients, which is ultimately our goal when we're working in dental practices to take the best care we can of our patients. I love it. I love it. So make sure you go back. This is a great podcast to share with your team. Just say, hey, listen, let's have a conversation about this. There's a couple opportunities here and just present them as opportunities that you guys can have a conversation about. Remember, I'll say this again because I said you only have so many days. Make sure that continuously, day over day, they get just a little bit better. And you'll look at the sum total of the months and the years and you go, wow, this is awesome. And as a as we get better at this, our lives get better, our care gets better, and our practice gets better. And that's what this is all about. Robin, thanks for being on. Happy to do it. Thanks for having me. 
Oh my gosh, I love this stuff. So hold on while we say goodbye to everybody, Bell. Uh, everybody, I can't even talk today. So thank you guys for listening to the Best Practices Show podcast. Uh, we just love this stuff. And we're lining them up one after the next. And if you guys have suggestions, things you want to see, I get them all the time. I will bring them and we will bring them with great thinkers, great coaches so that you guys can create a better practice and a better life. If you enjoyed today, do us a favor, just hit the share button, share with your friends. And until we see you guys next time, or you hear from us next time, keep watching or keep listening to the best practices show. You guys enjoy your day. So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm gonna spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.